was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. You stupid monkey. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best. Hey, welcome to the Blurst of Times. It's Jeff Gaucher. Uh, my guest today is comedian and musician Thomas Jones. How are you? Uh, thank you so much ha- for having me, Jeffrey. Uh, good mole man to you. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, well, yeah, so Thomas, uh, you are a comedian here in New Orleans uh, as much as anyone can be a comedian right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Without a comedy existing. <laughs> uh, and you're also a musician. You play the ukulele. You write a lot of original songs uh, yes, with yes. a comedic element to them. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I find it uh, a little bit slightly more freeing uh, than trying to follow like the usual uh, setup punchline format. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a nice little outlet. I've been playing music for ever on top of, you know, ukulele. I play uh, bass, trumpet, trombone, a little bit of keyboard. Um, and I've been in bands before I ever discovered, you know, an o- my first open mic when I was like, 15 16 yeah so then you know i was like okay well maybe i could start to find like a little marriage between these two and yeah. I'm, I'm happy with what i'm doing it's a lot of yeah fun. i love it i mean there's one of my favorite things is like seeing you at like a mic or show and playing a song and like the crowd just like getting the hook like right away and singing along with you and it's like you know i'm sure a lot and like comedians and some other people in the audience have seen the songs before or heard them before but like just seeing people that clearly this is their first time at that open mic or whatever and like just catch it because it's they're catchy songs and like I, oh. it's so much fun like your mr manager song like that gets the crowd <laughs> going every single time it, it almost scares me a little bit. Uh, it's I, is this like the makings of a cult leader? <laughs> right. Like I can I can like sway a whole room of people in my direction. Easy, I can do that. <laughs> it's the power of music, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, so, how have you been doing? I haven't seen you in at least two months. Uh, it's how how you've been holding up? Oh, man. Um, uh, the the time that I've been spending. Uh, in my room has been both like a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. I say. Are you being productive, uh, like creating stuff or just uh, I, I, it's, it's like this weird mild uh, production yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in all this time that I've been, um, you know, quarantined, I should be working on the album. I should be like, <laughs> <laughs> I should yeah. be recording and getting all that stuff together. But I've been doing stuff like adjacent, like um, I just bought Ableton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been like working on uh, like just learning what Ableton can do, and instead of being like, okay, let me let me see how I can plug my stuff in and like fix it, I'm like, man, I can make beats on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna make lo-fi beats. Yeah, I've been kind of the same. Like I keep coming up with like ideas for stuff, and then either doing absolutely nothing with it and just talking about it a lot. <laughs> Or starting and getting like 20% of the way into it and then starting a whole brand new project, which is kind of how I've always been. But like, it's even worse now that I have a lot more free time than I used to. Because you just got to sit there and look at it. You're like, yeah. man, I should finish that. Yeah, I guess there's like a, a lack of immediacy to like completing any of the projects because mm. of the extra time. It's not like, yeah, I mean, like I'm lucky enough that I'm still working from home, but like 
you know, as soon as I'm done work, like I'm home, you know, I'm done. I'm already here, not going to mics, not going to shows. So it's like, and I'm not preparing for my shows that I was, you know, like ripoff show is a show that would take, you know, a week or two weeks of preparation to work on. So like, I have a lot of free time now. And so I think there isn't (laughs) this like, oh, I got to get this done today because like I have this to do tomorrow. It's like, well, I could who knows how much time I have. So I can just kind of (laughs) (laughs) work on it for as long as I want. I don't know. Like I have time forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's a blessing and a curse, you know? I've been in those like little uh, bits where, um, where I'll start kind of doing something like, okay, I'll plug this in and start like trying to get like a backtrack to it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I want to write another song. And then like you get, (laughs) you get through half of it and you're like, Oh man, this is kind of making me think of this little short play I've been wanting to write. <laughs> and <laughs> before of, you know it, you have like three slightly filled notebooks. <laughs> I mean, at least that's you know a lot of uh, at the very, you know a lot of I guess promise, a lot of potential stuff. You know, <laughs> if you're not already, I think uh, I hadn't thought about this, but I mean, I guess you can. Yeah, you can still kind of keep working on your comedy since yours has a musical component. Like you. You could continue to write and like practice and work on it and fine tune stuff and even put it out online for people. Yeah, to even to. Um, uh, uh, for my birthday, April 23rd, I did a live stream nice. where, you know, I played some songs and, yeah. you know, I got a little bit of donations and it was fun. And I think that's the best part mm-hmm. about uh, having my medium come through music. Yeah. Where. Uh, I've heard you. Let me just say, Jeff, I I love your podcast. I, I listen Thank to every you. episode. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> so so like, I'm kind of excited to be on it. <laughs> That's awesome. That um, excites me a lot. And uh, you've been talking in uh, the last few ones about like um, like the shows they do on Instagram mm-hmm. or you know the live Zoom shows yeah. where it's kind of stilted because a lot of comedy comes from. Uh, a lot of your momentum of comedy comes from uh, the reaction that you get from the crowd. Right, right. You know, if you get like a that big payoff response. or something, yeah, yeah, you, like you know how to react to that. Mm-hmm. With music, it's always just like you start and then you end. Right. And um, as you know, I may like have like a bit where I may hold off before I start playing again. It's more of like here, it's just how I wrote it. It's all in time. Right, right. Um, so it's. I, I've had the great pleasure of being able to just like, okay, I can put up something real quick, do a little stream, play my songs and, you know, and keep myself in practice playing for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the things, like, that's partly why I've been, you know, trying to keep up with this podcast, like more regularly than I had been. It was a little bit sporadic, had a big gap in time and stuff. And like, you know, since I like, you know, traditional standup was, was my, you know, uh, way of doing comedy. Like, like we're saying, it's, it's pretty impossible to do, uh, at least in the same way, uh, with these live things. Cause like, yeah, like you would get that immediate feedback and then that would dictate whether, you know, oh, maybe I'll go into this related bit because they really liked this. And like, it kind of would dictate the flow. Whereas like, if you don't have that feedback, you can't tell if people don't mm. like it and you should stop talking about that topic. Like, what if people are getting weirded out? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's people watching that, like, aren't big into like, you know, sex related humor. And you like, just have like a five minute chunk on that. And it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> I could have picked up from the audience, you know, their reactions. Like, oh, they're not really into this. Let's talk about my parents instead, you know, something like that. Like, Right. but you don't have that um 
but so that's why I've been trying to do this because I'm like, I gotta still feel creative and, and be putting things out. And like, I have an idea for a web series that I want to do. And that's one of the things that like, Ooh. I just keep talking about and like not actually oh, yeah. doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I'm going to do, I'm probably going to end up doing like some offshoots of this podcast, like doing some special episodes, maybe try to get a Patreon going, uh, nice. which I have one set up, uh, but uh, there's no real benefit uh, to, other than giving <laughs> me money. Um, but I what I thought like about, do, um, Oh, uh, I was just gonna say what I'd like to do is like do some like uh well like short uh episodes just myself uh like actually talking about like the Tracy Ullman shorts and stuff like that because like Ooh. those are only like you know 30 60 seconds long so it wouldn't really be worth to do you know have a guest come on unless we talked about all of them but like right. I think it'd be more fun to just do a couple of little short analyses for me and just you know maybe stick those uh, I might do a couple of them for free on the main uh, thing and then, and then if there's some traction I might stick it in the Patreon or something oh yeah dude you yeah, should just gotta yeah. keep doing something you know <laughs> have you ever thought about uh, streaming you know maybe play a little call of duty talk yeah. about some symptoms so i have so i've got like all my old classic you know nes and super nintendo and 64 and stuff uh, and i've been seeing the post and yeah, being yeah. Super jelly. Been, well because i've been like cleaning it, this room that i'm in right now i've been cleaning it out and because uh, it just became like a black hole for us to just like store stuff in and since i'm working from home again i need office space so i'm like i gotta kind of clear out this room a little bit <laughs> and uh i just was digging through and i came across all these old nintendo games and i have like a bunch of really weird obscure games like all the bible games and things like that and i was thinking it would be actually kind of <laughs> cool uh to live stream that on like twitch like me playing these really weird games that probably most people have never played before because they were pretty rare and like you know religion oriented oh, nintendo <laughs> games like that wasn't what people were going for or you can you can you can even find like your little niche crowd that's just super into the bible yeah exactly games. yeah now I now found my little all USB the uh, capture card to where I can actually hook up the, you know, the Nintendo and stuff like that straight to my laptop. So it would make streaming mm. pretty easy. That was another thing, just cleaning out the closet. I was like, oh, this thing I spent money on years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been sitting in a box. <laughs> all, all I found were wires. I just, I just have wires. <laughs> I have so many wires. Yeah, well, you with music and stuff. And, like, I just have a lot because I'm – a techie person and also like kind of a hoarder like i hate getting rid of stuff because i'm like well what if i need this or what if like because I, I do a lot of little like small electronics projects too and so sometimes i'm like okay. well i'm gonna hack the connector off of this cable one day down there and it's coming handy like you know <laughs> but like now i have a bunch of like you know rca cables with like just one end on it now because i keep stealing <laughs> off the ends to like repair <laughs> to repair other ends yeah. that you have cut off mm -hmm. I just found, um, uh, like, my mom, uh, she obviously staying home. She was a teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, like, just went through my closet and found, like, all my wires, all my distortion pedals. Uh, and I've been, <laughs> just just before you hit me up, I've been plugging my ukulele into distortion pedals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <hell yeah. laughs> just to be like, oh, man, this is cool. <laughs> I, could, I can maybe use this. That's amazing. Oh man, uh, yeah. So let's see. So he's a musician, comedy. Uh, I don't know. This is. It's. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to ask you about. Um, so you you live with roommates, right? You were saying. Uh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you get along pretty well with them. Oh yeah, we're yeah. we're we've pretty much been best friends um, since like I graduated high school. Oh hell um, yeah! Okay, so that makes it a lot easier. 
because like, oh, yeah. I imagine like having roommates like on a normal situation like could be you know I've had roommates before and it like something you know even if you're friends with them it can like suck you can get it you know you're stepping on each other's toes and all that but like when you're forced to be home all the time you can't just be like ah fuck this i'm going to the bar or whatever like you have to be <laughs> there so uh you know it's been like has it like escalated at all or i mean I, I think pretty chill <laughs> we have like a really good relationship to where like if we are mad at each other we just play Smash Bros and shit talk each other, and then that's it. Nice. <laughs> and then there it's like, go. okay, it's all out. That's awesome. He's <laughs> like, sorry, man, maybe I should take out the trash. <laughs> do you ever uh, live stream uh, playing Smash Brothers? Because I know you like you do like tournaments and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, I used to. Uh, I used to do the tournaments. Um, I used to commentate, uh, which is a lot of fun because, like, um, I don't know. I've always liked John Madden, so mm -hmm. like to to be a color commentator on a video game, it's like pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, go to tournaments, you know, play. And I'm not that good of a player. I would usually get out like first, second round. Right. But like I would just hang back, you know, smoke some weed, drink some beer, yeah. <laughs> and, and commentate and just hang out with some nerds. And it was a pretty good time. Yeah. I was never good at Smash Brothers. Like, I always felt like it would be right up my alley, but like I'm, I'm not a big fighting game person, and I don't know. I think it's like almost too like fast paced for me. <laughs> I think like the, the the learning curve between like uh, your basics into like advanced techniques, um, mm. it can get pretty. It's it's pretty devastating. Yeah, especially like when the people that you go up against, all they do is play this game. This is how they make their money. Right, they go to right. tournaments. They play money matches. And then you, who only plays on the weekend, go over there and just get crushed by a five-year-old. It's, it's, very, it's very disheartening. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting crushed by children, uh, you want to talk about the episode that you chose? Oh, yeah. Uh, but if you don't mind, I want to ask oh, yeah. you. Uh, um, obviously, uh, you, you said I'm a comedian. I'm yeah. a musician. But uh, what not a lot of people know is I'm a memester. I'm all about the memes. Hell, yeah. Um, and just the evolution of, uh, the Simpsons and mm. what it's become and like our, and at least my generation, or yeah. I guess our generation, what are yeah. you, uh, I'm 36, I'm 36, yeah. we're 27. So we're like um, right after, <laughs> yeah, we're close, but, uh, I've kind of like seen the Simpsons kind of evolve from like just this TV show to like this cultural thing, right, right. where to the point where. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen like the rappers who have their avatars yeah, yeah. that are drawn as Bart Simpson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and just, uh, and I just wanted to talk to you about two things that I've discovered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that I, like I absolutely love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I have a notebook. I wrote notes. Yes. Oh yeah. Pages, dude. Um, are you familiar with, uh, the manga anime Akira? Uh, I know of it, but I don't really know anything about it, but I know it's existence. Okay, uh, for everybody out there, Akira is an uh, anime set in uh, future future Japan, um, and it's this whole representation of nuclear war and the automization of Japan. And uh, the story is two two street bikers in a gang. You know, one learns he's got powers, and he uses those powers to attack the people that you know have brought him down throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And then it evolves into this big thing. Uh, 
I could talk about it forever, so I'm not. Um, <laughs> something that's very interesting. Um, there's this thing called Bark Kira, okay, which is the Akira manga, a one-for-one recreation with Simpsons characters. <laughs> and that's 2,000-plus pages Holy of shit. animations done a one-for-one where um, Millhouse is... Where Milhouse is Tetsuo, the boy who gains the psychic powers. Bart is Canada, um, his friend who tries to um, get him out of you know his funk that he's in and tries to save him as a person. And my favorite, Principal Skinner, who becomes the Colonel, the last man on Earth who has to, you know, oh, rebuild. And it's it's very it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's very interesting, and it blew my mind. That's um, insane. So it's like. And Shot for shot, basically, of yes. Akira, but just Simpsons characters. Yes. Do they redo the voices? Like, do they try um, to, like... Not the anime. Them? They um, It's the manga. Okay. That they, oh, um, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's over 768 artists. Took them two years. Whoa. To do this. And they each do it. They each take a part, and they kind of do it in their own different styles. So... It's kind of cool because, like, you'll see one and it's super pop art and it's super cutesy. And they're talking about, I can't, I don't know how we're going to get through this cave. And then in the next one, it's a super stylized, detailed of the city of Springfield uh, breaking apart because of uh, the magnitude of Akira's powers, uh, of Tetsuo's powers breaking it and the dead uh, just out in the streets. And it's very, it's it's one of my favorite things. Damn. Yeah, I think I just, that people who love both Simpsons amazing. and Akira. I just pulled it just, up. I pulled up the website just now. And like, yeah, this is awesome. This is incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I wish I knew the source material a little bit better uh, so I could truly appreciate it. But like, <laughs> this is, I mean, just the art alone is like really awesome. Uh, <laughs> most bar getting exploded. That's amazing. Wow. This is really cool. I will absolutely make sure I link to this uh, in the show description. That's oh, awesome. Definitely. I can't believe even I if you don't <laughs> come across this at all. I mean, I guess because like I'm not like, you know, into I'm not in like the anime manga world. So I guess like but like you would think at least in like a lot of the Simpsons groups I'm in and stuff like that, that this would have appeared. at like some somebody. Point. Yeah. Uh, some some people aren't about that uh, quote unquote weeb shit, so <laughs> <laughs> so they tried it. But um, yeah, and another uh, kind of passion project that mm-hmm. uh, I learned about my little brother. I talked to him the other night, and he told me about this. And I watched it yesterday. Um, it's this play called um, Mr. Burns. A post-electric play? Yes. Wait, I have heard of this, and I think I've looked it up before. Yeah, I've like this was like a few years ago. It came out or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and on YouTube, there's a production of it from about a oh, year ago. I did not know that. And I watched it, and um, oh man, I, I I loved it. It's um, for the uninitiated. Um, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. It's a play that's shot in three parts. Uh, the first part, um, it's a group of survivors after a giant nuclear event where all the power has been knocked out. I'm and they're sitting a around here. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sitting around the fire, um, recounting an episode of The Simpsons, Cape Fear. Oh, God, um, yes. Like, 
and one of the and, greatest oh as i've yeah, mentioned definitely. on this podcast a million times my favorite episode <laughs> and they're reaccounting the episode and they you know it's it's how it is where you try and remember all the funny bits like you're kind of messing up words getting intonations wrong but it's them you know trying to find comfort in that while also like who are you? Where are you coming from? Do you have you been to these places? Are these people alive? Mm. Um, and then it transitions to, um, I want to say like seven years later, where things are slightly better, you know, you're trading for goods. And it's that same group, but now they're a troop. And now they're doing a play of the episode of Cape Fear. And uh, they're dressing up as the Simpsons. And um, they even do commercials. Uh, they can't even remember what commercials are for, but like they just remember their <laughs> like, commercials. This happened. Yeah, that's all right, man. I didn't know there was because I remember a few years ago, like when I don't know, it like came around on like some Simpsons group I'm in or something on like Facebook or whatever, and there wasn't there was I think there was like photos from the play or something like that, but like there was no video of it. But I'm glad that there's actual video now because I want to actually watch it. You said it's just on YouTube. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Burns, a post-electric play. Uh, it's about two hours. Okay. Um, it's an hour, 55 minutes. Um, and it's not the original group that does it, but um, it's... I enjoyed it uh, for what it is, um, especially um, the last part where they... where it's 75 years later, everything is back to normal. But uh, the episode of Cape Fear has become this full-on... A spectacle with ensemble and <laughs> instruments and but the story has changed now instead of um the original cape fear where it's the simpsons going to terror lake mm-hmm. to get away from mr burns i mean i, I just spoiled myself <laughs> uh, <Bob. laughs> uh, to get away from Sideshow joe bob it becomes the simpsons leaving springfield after a nuclear event and mr burns chasing after them as a representation of nuclear fallout. Oh. Um, and it's, it's, the play is very much uh, a look on how stories change to tell hard stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's super interesting. And yeah. if you, you should definitely check it out and maybe, you know, you get me back in here. Yeah, I was it. actually thinking about that. I was like, oh, I could do an episode about it. I was like, wait, I should get Thomas back on because <laughs> clearly you've seen it and you have a lot of thoughts about it. That would actually be really good. I'd love to do that. It would be an, a nice little departure from what we normally do here, a nice little little twist. It's all about it's all about content. Yeah, it's man. About- <laughs> we got a lot of time to fill, so we might as well create a lot of content, you know? <laughs> Oh man, dude, that's awesome! I'm so glad that to, to know that there's video of it out there because I always wanted to see it. I was like, even if this sucks, like I'm just curious about it. I want to see it, so that's awesome. It sounds really interesting too. Oh, it's super good. I I, I loved it. Um, it's a it's a nice little watch. Yeah. Well, I have to do that soon. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, another thing uh, <laughs> that you chose to watch. Um. Unless you had mm-hmm. any other fun uh, Simpsons related internet stuff uh, simpsons wave watch oh, it yes. it's it's beautiful <laughs> yes absolutely yeah um <laughs> i mean i guess you could argue the theme song for the podcast that dankmas did uh is i guess kind uh, of in that simpsons wave uh kind of oh definitely it's 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 
obviously the best sample, the best of times, the blurst of times, mm-hmm. which <laughs> which Dankmas has. I, I, I love it. Like I legitimately yeah. like listen to it almost every day, especially like when I'm in my yeah. like um, techno house kind of mix. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I really like like I came across it, obviously, you know, listening, you know, looking around the Internet for all things Simpsons. And like I came across it and like listen to it. And then later on when I was like, I want to do a Simpsons podcast. And I was thinking about the format and everything. And then I was like, oh, I need like a theme song. I was like, I guess I could get like some generic thing or could even just use the Simpsons theme. But I was like, no, it's too much. And I was like, so I just went into YouTube and typed in Blurst of Times and Dankmas's video for the song came on. And I was like, oh, shit, this is perfect. So I uh, at message him on, on Twitter and I was like, hey, I'm starting a Simpsons podcast. Is it cool if I use this as a theme? And they're like, yeah, go right ahead. That's awesome. And I was like, I'll give you credit every episode. And he's like, yeah, hey, you don't have to do all that, but thank you. And I was like, man, that's <laughs> awesome of you. Like, that is so cool. Like, I would have at least expected, like, you know, yeah, make sure you shout me out every episode. And I do. I try to do it like every episode and I put, you know, right. uh, a link in, in the show uh, description and stuff. But like, it's, uh, yeah, I was like fully expecting like a lot more, but just like, yeah, I mean, I guess when you're making music using like copyrighted tv show samples like you can't really be like yeah pay me for that you know but <laughs> uh, well most musicians just like oh he likes my song yeah that's like i mean it was kind of like a good like mutual thing because even though like i hadn't put an episode of the podcast out so has no idea who i am uh right but like it was exciting for me because i was like oh this you know this person who's putting out music that like i enjoy their music like not only responded to me, but said I can use their music in a thing that I'm creating. That's really cool. And then, uh, and I'm sure they were like, uh, like super excited because it's like, yeah, like you said, like, hey, somebody likes this and wants to use it in something that they're creating. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> like give know. it to them. Tell them I love them. Uh-huh. Dankmas, if you're listening, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if Dankmas does listen to the podcast or not. <laughs> I messaged him a few times from the Twitter account, so maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So uh, the episode you chose, your classic episode, was uh, Season 9, oh. Episode seven's Bart Starr, uh, which I will very quickly read the uh, Wikipedia synopsis of uh, real quick. Uh, basically, uh, the episode sees Homer becoming the coach of a peewee football team and practices nepotism with Bart by making him the quarterback, which receives backlash from the whole team, including Bart himself. Uh, that is the short elevator pitch of the episode. Uh, why, why, why this one? Why did you choose Bart Starr? So, uh, first off, I, I, I think I've picked Bart Starr. <laughs> I feel like I picked Bart Starr, uh, Almost on, uh, like, just almost, like, out of my heart, because I miss sports so much. Right, you used to play football, right? Yes. I uh, play football, I wrestle, um, and I watch, whenever I watch uh, Bart Starr now, I'm wa- I can watch it as somebody who's played football, mm-hmm. someone who watches football, and someone who has coached football. Oh, man. And so you've got it, all, <laughs> all angles on it. Oh yeah, especially uh, Bart is ten years old. I yeah. used to coach uh, seven and eight, um, so it's not that far off. But um, there, there's a lot of stuff in this episode where, like, I remember as a player, and then other parts where I remember as a coach. Mm. Um, 
obviously. Um, so in this episode, uh, Homer takes over coaching for Ned Flanders. Right. Yeah, because he thinks he... <laughs> Ned sucks and he's just taunting him all the time. And, like, and Ned, being the nice guy he is, like puts up with it until Homer throws a beer at his head. <laughs> and like we learn, like before that, Ned has like an undefeated season going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like the team is like pretty much shutting out their opponents every single game. They're, you know, winning with like 40, 50 points on the board, completely undefeated. Like absolutely killing it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Nelson is the star quarterback. He just is incredible at it. Barely even needs the rest of the team to succeed. Like, oh, yes, definitely. He's an athlete. Uh, I find so uh, one of the jokes I found really funny was when um, they're throwing the ball, when um, they're lining up and they're throwing the ball to see who can throw it the best so they know where to put everybody. That's essentially how it goes. It's yeah, like, yeah. okay, everybody get in the line. Now throw it to coach. <laughs> All right, you, you're, you, you're, you're going to be our quarterback. <laughs> and then that's when you learn that the kid that can throw can also catch. And you're like, ah, man. Um, <laughs> but then there's the one scene where Nelson throws the ball to himself. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> He's like, he couldn't find anybody open. He's like, ah, fine. I'll do it. And just throws it. And, oh, man, I, I love that. It's especially funny because, like, they never really show Nelson as much of an athlete in previous, like, you know, in the in the series as a whole. And then, like... I guess because no one's really given him a chance to succeed, I guess, because he's like, you know, he's poor, he doesn't perform well in school, and he's kind of a, a bully, probably tied to a lot of that other stuff. Right. Uh, and so I guess nobody's really given him a shot to, like, figure out something that he's good at, and then this was it. And um, I think you and Ben talked about this in the Moneyball episode, mm -hmm. uh, where you just have moments where – Bart and uh, Nelson are just super chummy. Yeah, yeah, and this was one of them. Thing. Yeah, um, and um, let me see. Um, there was another joke in there uh, when um, Ned is assigning them um, their roles. He looks at Ralph and says, "You're special teams," <laughs> and Ralph says, "I'm special." <laughs> yes. That's classic Ralph, just being Ralph. Yeah. There's um, a, a nice little thing. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Rod and Todd Flanders, um, Todd, his number on his jersey is 66, and Todd's is 6. So when they stand next to each other, it's 666, <laughs> six, six, which I don't know if that was on purpose because they're like, you know, obviously super religious. And so it's funny that they would have the number of the beast on their back. Oh, man. Or if it's just a, a funny coincidence that it happened that way. But they were sitting on the bench and I noticed that and I was like, that is very funny. I hope that was intentional. Oh, man, I miss that. All yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> I like how the Simpsons do a lot of that mm -hmm. short sight gag where it's like maybe just a second. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, the the good way they don't draw too much attention to too many things, but they let you kind of find yeah. it. And it's, and it's your joke to have. And it's great because it's like, I've seen this episode, I don't know how many times, you know, it came out in what, 1997, I think. Like, you know, it's been, it's an old episode and I just now discovered something new about it because of those nice <laughs> little subtle things, which is awesome. Like I'm sure there's, you know, dozens of those things like in other episodes and stuff like that, that if I'm paying attention enough, like I might catch these little yeah, things. Yeah. There's, and... um, there's a scene in, uh, moaning Lisa 
where uh, she's in the bathroom mm-hmm. and she's looking at herself in the mirror. And um, if you look next to the sink, uh, the tube of toothpaste or cream or whatever mm-hmm. on there, it just says glum. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's nice. That's a very good episode, which uh, I talked about with Andrew Healan. Uh, it was one of the great episodes. I think it was like four or five, I think. Yeah, that is such a good one. That was like one of the episodes that like I was like, this is kind of the angle I want to take this podcast on because it was like, yeah, we're talking about some real stuff we aren't just like hey isn't it funny how bart did that thing like you know (laughs) we're really getting into like some real conversation about stuff um but speaking of very funny things uh which i mean this is kind of fun because like this episode really does kind of it touches on that like uh a very common thing in in uh children's sports where you know you've got these parents that try to live vicariously through their children like either they were failed athletes or they just never did anything like that and so they want their kids to do it and be successful at it so that way they can feel a sense of pride through them like they did it and homer has a really great line through there uh (laughs) line there where like he's talking to marge i think and she's basically saying that like he shouldn't coach the team and be so hard on Bart and Homer's like, well, if you can think of a better way for me to live through my son, <laughs> let me hear it or something <laughs> like that. And I love that. Cause like, it really kind of sets the tone for the rest of the episode of just like Homer's whole thing. It's not even about him getting close to Bart and having like this, you know, fostering this father son relationship. It's all about, homer feeling like he's accomplished something because bart is accomplishing even if bart is failing at it just the fact that his son is the star quarterback is like enough for him to just be happy and proud and it it really like is like that like out on the field where we'll have parents um uh the thing i hated the most um so when i was coaching um my main goal for coaching especially when they're that young Mm -hmm. is okay this is how you get in the football stance. This is how you run a play. You need to learn how to play football so when you go to middle school, they don't got to worry about that. <laughs> they just, they just, you get out there and you just start going. Um, and then you have parents where it's like, hey, I re- my, my son is really fast. I think you should put my son at running back. And I'm like, uh, yeah, not really. Your son is your son's a big kid. I yeah. think he would work better on the offensive line. And they're like, nah, he's like a fullback. He should definitely put a vector uh, <laughs> which um <laughs> i'm thinking about uh i especially love all of the uh, game scenes mm-hmm. um in the show because it's just oh, nelson Munz just running everybody just, over oh man he even like when bart is uh is you know running defense for him and he's like bart's not fast enough so nelson just picks up bart by like the scruff of his neck and it's just <laughs> moving Bart around and basically charging the other players. And, and then like Nelson's almost <laughs> to the end zone and then jogs to the left just to go knock somebody out with Bart to cross. Like he completely <laughs> could have just stepped over the line into the end zone and scored. Uh, uh, good spikes little... the ball and Bart. <laughs> yeah. Which is um, so good. I mean, and like it, it even more so like drives the point home that Nelson is, you know, quite literally carrying the team here. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Which is like it's funny. Like we're talking about the the parents and stuff, and like I played little league baseball for a number of years, and um, 
like I was really good at batting. I couldn't catch worth a shit. They always put me in right field, uh, maybe <laughs> maybe right center when we would have four outfielders uh, in like the early, you know, the younger uh, age groups. But um, it was man. I just remember like there was you know most of the kids were just like either really good and just like you know weren't dicks about it because they were like yeah no I'm fucking good at baseball like I don't need to be an asshole because I'm good at this. Um, <laughs> And then they would move on to like the next like higher level, you know, uh, league or whatever. And, uh, but then there were like definitely the kids that were like, like me that were just like, I, I just kind of like baseball and I need to do something on, you know, over the summer. And <laughs> like, I can't just like sit around at home and do nothing. And it was just like, this is fine. I'm afraid of the ball, but like, this is okay. <laughs> and, but then there were like the kids who were like in that middle section that like weren't quite athletes, but weren't bad. And they just, so like they thought they were better than they actually were. And like, I remember this one time and then the parents would always like perpetuate that. And like there's this one kid, uh, his name was Andrew. I can't remember his last name. Um, and I wouldn't say it even if I knew it, but this kid, Andrew, <laughs> he was like kind of a jerk and like he was, uh, playing center field and this ball and his parents were just like those, you know, textbook shitty athlete parents you know like that are just like always yelling from the stands instead of just like <laughs> hey these kids are like nine years old like <laughs> let them just have some fun you know and they're treating it like you know the, there's millions of dollars on the line and um and like this ball was coming and it was like this it wasn't directly to me it wasn't directly to him in center field it was kind of like right in between and so like it could have been either one of us uh and i called it and he didn't back off. He didn't still go for it, but he didn't back off enough for me to like, you know, have my space and catch the ball. And uh, and I missed it, not necessarily because of him, probably primarily because I wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> and I missed the ball. <laughs> and the guy gets on second, so like, you know, he hits a double, you know, so it sucks. But uh, after we get off the, uh, when we're walking off the field after the innings over or the half the innings over. He just like takes off his glove and throws it at the back of my head. And like, I didn't react. I just took it and I was like, I'm going to walk. I'm going to go to the dugout. I'm going to go drink some fucking 10 K, uh, which was the local Gatorade at the time. Uh, I'm going to go drink some of that and just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it with him. I, cause I was already feeling shitty cause I screwed up. And then have him like, I was like, I already feel bad. I don't need to get in a fight about this. And like, I could hear from the stands because my mom is like five foot nothing, real, real tiny lady. And like, she's like screaming at this dude's mom because like uh, he threw a glove at the back of my head. And like, I didn't know, but apparently my parents and his parents like gotten this big thing, like not enough oh, to get man. ejected from the game. But oh, like, man. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I didn't let it bother. And my parents were not the types that like, they were like, hey, as long as you're having fun, we don't care. But my mom <laughs> saw somebody fuck with me and she just like lost it. And it was like, no, total tiger mom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like my mom is like very, you know, like I said, five foot nothing very small petite woman goes to church every week you know uh and that but like the moment something like if you just a little bit with her with her kids like it's she fucking will lose it which i i love that i appreciate that but it, as a child i'm like oh god why is she yelling in the stands <laughs> but i appreciate it and then i think like uh my mom got his parents to make andrew uh apologize to me it was an empty apology it meant absolutely nothing i could tell it was clearly you, just very forced but 
you, you got the apology, but you were yeah. never invited to the birthday to begin with. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I find like children's sport, recreational sports make parents crazy for some mm-hmm. reason. It's like weird, they, it's not even like school where like, oh yeah, you could like go on and become, <laughs> you know, a college athlete and maybe get some endorsements and shit. Like, it's like, it's a summer league at the rec center, you know? Like, Cause I feel like some parents, they truly believe that, uh, and in small ways, this is true, but in the largest sense of the scheme, like you really don't start really learning how to play football mm-hmm. until you're about 13. Yeah. Or like you're playing in middle school because then they're actually like teaching you how the game works before you're just kind of learning mechanics. Right. You're just uh, catching and running and that's pretty much it. But then they're like, uh, the one thing I never understood where the parents were like, well, we need to toughen our kids up. <laughs> like um, I had I, w- I used to work with this guy. I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he coached fo- and he was coaching his son's team. His son was uh, five or six. He's like super young. Yeah. Um, and this guy had never played football before. And he, they were running drills. He was showing me videos where the parents are holding um, tackle pads and the kids are just running and going up to the pads and hitting them. <laughs> and then, which I didn't know what they were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, and then whenever the kid would go up to their parent, they would like, like bash your kid with this tackling dummy. What? <laughs> and these kids would like just fall over and start crying because yeah. they're children. And oh, they're like, well, you, you got to tough them up. It's like, no, they need to learn their right from their left. Yeah. Holy shit. If we can do that at the end of the year, then we had a good year. Yeah, success. Man, that's like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not like a huge sport. Like, you know, I... I watch Saints games because I live in New Orleans and it's kind of impossible to not be a Saints fan. If you've lived here for any number of years, you kind of have to go out of your way to avoid watching Saints games if you live here. But like uh, and like, you know, I never really played a lot as a kid, just baseball. Um, I did attempt to get on teams in grammar school, but uh, I never made the teams. Uh, <laughs> and they were correct in that assessment. I mean, it would have been nice to be a part of it, but uh, it was no, it would have given me a false sense of like, you know, oh, I'm good at that. No, I probably would have just felt even bad or even worse because I would have <laughs> like been going against people who knew what they were doing. And I would have it would have really showcased how bad I was at basketball uh, <laughs> versus like when I'm just playing at recess. Um but uh, I don't know if that's what it is, but like, I just, I don't know. I just don't get like getting that, like, I don't know, intense about children playing a sport. Like, I, you know, one thing like I mean, high school, at least they're like, you know, they're teenagers. They're a little tougher. They kind of understand things. They understand the game better. There's a possibility of going on to college and then maybe even professional if you're really good. I mean, you know, like 2% right. of people actually do that, but there's still, there's a non zero yeah. chance that that could happen. So I could understand being a little, uh, you know, uh, more like into it. Uh, but yeah, like the kids that you're, you know, coaching, like, that seems crazy to have like parents flipping their shit about it. No, they. I, I'm still trying to grasp my head around it. They just they just get weird sometimes, and yeah, yeah as long as the kids are loving it, it's that's all I care about. Yeah. Um. Uh, so back to the episode. Yeah. I think uh, 
where where Homer gets all this like kind of grandiose like uh, I wanna like we learn he gets like this kind of um, feeling from his dad who mm-hmm. didn't support him while he was apparently a, a gymnast doing yeah. floor routines. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's the thing about Homer, <laughs> that he was a gymnast. Somehow was in shape enough to do that. And uh, and that's like when apparently Marge first saw him and got attracted to him. There's a lot of weird, uh, they where they just kind of put in these weird... Uh, Oh, this is when Homer and Marge met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is like when they it met. It changes or... quite a lot. <laughs> the timeline really fucks you up. Yeah, no, it's uh, a, it's definitely not a direct line at all. <laughs> oh, got a um, But, oh, little baby. <laughs> uh, but then Homer takes that as a lesson to, quote, be kinder to my son and meaner to my dad. <laughs> because yes, Homer yes. can never <laughs> Homer can never just love everyone. It's right. it's a sliding scale. Yeah. So he just is yeah. So once he realizes that, he's like, Oh, I have to be really nice to Bart and just, you know, no matter what, he's very good. And it's like there's a balance, I think, that he's missing there. Like you don't have to be a dick to your kid when they're doing something, but like also, you know, and be encouraging, but you know, within reason i think is kind of the point there <laughs> you know like don't give like I, I think you should be supportive and 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 uh you know encouraging but like you know bart very clearly did not want to be the quarterback like it wasn't even just like he wasn't good at it he wasn't good at it and didn't want to do it because he knew he wasn't good at it and homer it's still all right fred homer uh <laughs> homer uh he, he wants still to be on the podcast. He let does. Him, yeah, it's the podcast. Let him talk about the Snowball 2 episode. <laughs> there, so I don't know if this is happening with you. I've noted, Apparently, it's a thing that's happening with a lot of people in, in the area. Uh, fruit flies have been really bad. And yes. Yeah. So we've got a bunch of them. So I hung like a, a like fly paper there. I homemade fly paper. It's just like sugar and honey water like dipped on a piece right. of paper. It's not working <laughs> at all. But so there's just a thing. Just more fruit flies. Yeah, exactly. So he's just hanging. So it's just hanging from the ceiling, and Fred keep he's he sees it hanging from the ceiling, and is very intrigued by it because he wants to try to get it, even though it's you know eight feet in the air. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to. Let me make sure everything's still recording. Okay, good. Right. <laughs> he has definitely in the past uh, muted things and disconnected things. Uh, but I think we're good here. Okay, good. So anyway, <laughs> whatever I was saying about, uh, oh yeah. So Homer, uh, yeah, he takes that too far and, you know, ignores Bart's wishes and desires of just wanting to be, uh, you know, on the O-line and, uh, makes him the quarterback, which he doesn't want to do and isn't good at either. So Bart knows his limits and Homer ignores those. Um, and even even so much to like when Bart's like, "Hey, I, I really beefed it out there." He's yeah. like, "You know, um, do losers get the game ball?" And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's and I think that's the scene where you learn because uh, um, uh, one of the twins tells him, uh, "You ruined our perfect season." Yes. By the yes. way, my sister likes you, uh-huh. which <laughs> to get like such low like criticism and such a high praise in the same sentence, right? That is the life of a child. It's just constant ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, there's um let's see where 
let's see. Uh, I got some notes here. Um, oh yeah. So Bart, yeah. And after that, so Bart, like he tries to practice in the backyard, trying to throw footballs <laughs> through the tire swing and he's just very bad at it. And then Joe Namath shows up because his car breaks down. Uh, <laughs> and it's so great. Cause Joe Namath is like, Bart, I just, you know, uh, you just have to know one thing or something like that. And then you hear in the distance, Joe Namath's wife or girlfriend is like, oh, I, I saw, I fixed the car. It was just vapor lock. And, uh, and so he's like, oh, okay, gotta go. And he leaves. He's like, just remember one thing. And Bart's like, what? He didn't. And I love that Joe, Na- he comes back later on at the end of the episode. And just talks about vapor lock being a, a, a big problem uh, <laughs> with cars. But what I think is very funny is that they get Joe Namath on this episode focused around football. And he doesn't talk about football. He has <laughs> nothing to do with football at all the entire episode. Oh, like, I love that misuse of a celebrity. <laughs> like, right? like, they just blew it on having him show up twice and talk about vapor lock. <laughs> Which I still don't even really know what that is. <laughs> Me neither. I've been trying to look it up. <laughs> I'm like, I feel I should know what this is. Joe Namath yeah. told me. You see, my, so. my dad and uncle own a mechanic shop. And like, you would think I would know a lot about cars, but I don't. I am very oh, dumb when it comes to it. Let's see. Let's see if the, I have the Wikipedia page up. Uh, vapor lock they don't even have vapor lock linked in uh wikipedia because there's no full wikipedia page on vapor lock um let me see i'm gonna i'm gonna google it real fast because i am genuinely curious what vapor lock is uh an interruption in the flow of a liquid through a fuel line or other pipe as a result of vaporization of the liquid okay so i guess it gets like too hot or something like that and it becomes a vapor and then restricts the flow of water okay or i guess fuel in this case all right fred jesus christ i don't know what's worse having them in here and doing that or closing the door to keep them out of here and then just having him paw at the door yeah it's a goddamn worst um (laughs) let's see yeah um so the vapor lock where were we uh about that the cat keeps to try oh that was one thing uh speaking of cameos um they are playing at one point the team is playing uh the football team from Arlen, Texas. <laughs> and the King of the Hill family is uh in the stands. That's great. Mike Judge actually <laughs> was there and and, and voiced uh he was like, what do you say? I was like, we drove ten thousand miles for this. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> just real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Was- I was like, that was a good um a good like little brief crossover cameo. Uh, you know, because that was probably let's see, this was '97. Yeah, and when did King of the Hill start? That was, I mean, probably not too long before that. Uh, let's see, King of the Hill started. Oh, 1997. So it had just aired. See, this was January is when uh, King of the Hill started, and this episode aired November. So the King of the Hill was less than a year old at that point. It only run half a season, I guess, at that point. That's kind Man. of crazy. I guess I wonder if that was a thing that Fox asked them to do or to give it a push. It, yeah, like or if it was like the Simpsons writers just thought it was funny, like, hey, let's reference this, you know, this other Fox property 
or something like, like someone that. just kind of passed up Mike Judd and like, hey man, you wanna? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Mike Judge is a Simpsons fan. I mean, he's a you know fellow animator. Uh, I'm sure he's always been a fan. So I could imagine. All right, Fred, you son of a bitch. Uh, I can imagine he might have even like. Yeah, I guess they were, you know, maybe past each other in the halls or something like that one day at, at Fox Studios or wherever. I don't really know how TV shows are made, but uh, <laughs> I, think, right. I imagine they crossed paths at some point and maybe they were just shooting the shit and uh, thought so. Or I don't know, maybe Fox threw them in there. I don't know, like forced it because it was a new show. <laughs> uh, let's so, see. Um- so we're at the, we get to the end of the episode. Uh, it's the final game. Yeah. Um, and uh, Homer, uh, Ho- Homer to come up with the last uh, killer play, uses an electric football. Oh, playboard. right. Yes, yes. He's like, okay, <laughs> He's you like, vibrate over there. <laughs> you two fall down. Nelson, you, you vibrate in a circle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I've also been um, quite, uh, quite the enthusiast of electric football. I've I've oh, never shit. played I've never played on it. Okay, but I I I used to follow a league that played, <laughs> uh, and they would post their games on um, YouTube. Whoa, <laughs> it's very fascinating. That is, I actually have no idea how it works. Like, so they just vibrate across the table, and how do you control them? So the way that you manipulate movement on these pieces. Um, you you lift up the pieces and on the bottom you could put pegs. Okay. So like um, if you want a piece to go to the right, you put a peg on the um, side to the right, so it makes it heavier on that side. Gotcha. So okay. it vibrates that way. Um, uh, and then there are a lot of like different rules. Like um, uh, if a play is go- like if you're doing a passing play, mm-hmm. uh, you can stop the you can stop the uh, board. Uh, like two times to adjust your players' routes to try and make them get open. Okay. Um, like there is passing where you take out a little a figure where like you throw the hand back and if the ball touches uh, anywhere on the player, it's a successful pass. Um, All right. Now I have to look this up. I had no idea how it functioned, and now I'm very intrigued. It's super interesting yeah. when you find out that. <laughs> <laughs> that people dedicate their lives. <laughs> That's amazing. I just thought it was like a thing people had in, like in their basement, like, uh, you know, game rooms or like in a bar, you know, but I never really thought that there would be a league uh, <laughs> centered around that. Oh, people are serious, serious about Hell yeah, it. Dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, and so at the end of the episode, um, uh, Chief Wiggum comes by. Uh, calls for the oh yeah uh, arrest arrest support of a Nelson months yes and um, Bart says don't worry Dad I got this and we as an audience are to believe that Bart He's is going to run the last play right but, but really he... in true football fashion <laughs> takes the charge for the better players so yeah. he can be successful yep yep <laughs> oh man yeah and it's uh, what was it um. Was it uh, burglary arson, yeah, and, and arson? arson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like you're going away for a long yeah. time. <laughs> and I love what what I love about that is Chief Wickham knows Bart. Like he has encountered Bart. <laughs> like by this point, nine years into the show, 
he knows Bart. He know he calls right. him Simpson. He knows who he is. But in this one moment, we suspend <laughs> that that disbelief of this happening just to make the joke work. And I think that's one of my favorite things about The Simpsons is like, it's not that they're like changing anything or change rewriting history or changing the canon. It's just like. No, this joke would be funny if Bart takes the rap for Nelson and the only way that would work is if Chief Wiggum doesn't know who Bart is. So in this scene in the episode, he doesn't know who he is. Now the joke works and now it's funny. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be anything. It's just like we need to get off this joke. And I don't know. I like that. I like that that you just kind of bend and play with, uh, you know, what's real and what's not kind of. And and the senses are usually really good at uh, being able to like just – make a joke work instead of having to put these pre-depositions on everything right, right. Uh, to make it. Uh, and I feel like uh, in the in the episode that we're going to talk about next, I feel like a lot of that happened where they wanted a joke to work. So they had to make something. Yes. So they had to make something else happen. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah. And that seems to always kind of that, that, you know what? I've never really thought of it that way. But that might be the big flaw in the newer episodes, just in a general way of thinking, is like they are almost kind of trying too hard. They're doing too much setup instead of just saying, it would be funny if this happened, let's do it. Right. And uh, 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 we're, so we're done with this, uh, with Bart Star. Yeah, I think um, so. Uh, you know, it, yeah, it gets it. And then, you know, they win the game and uh, Joe Namath. Is at the end, uh, <laughs> it mentions Vapor Luck again. Um, oh, there was one line that I thought was really good was um, Marge and Grandpa Simpson are sitting in the stands and Marge looks over at Grandpa and he's like, uh, your son is is coaching the championship game. You must be so proud of him. And Grandpa <laughs> says, you th- you'd think <laughs> that, wouldn't you? And then just falls asleep. <laughs> just even in, that, even in that moment, like Homer's doing all of this because Grandpa – you know, wasn't like didn't support him and wasn't, you know, behind him and loving and caring in his gymnast years. So he's doing this whole thing because of that. And even in this moment where he is coaching the championship game, still doesn't give a shit. And I think it's just like, it's all for nothing. He, he did all of the, he should have just sat in the stands and let Bart's team win with Flanders coaching the whole time. Cause no one got anything out of this. <laughs> Whatever goal that you were trying to achieve, yeah, completely, uh, it's gone. Uh, all right, so uh, you want to talk about this modern episode? Yes, uh, we watched right. uh, season twenty-eight, episode twenty, "Looking for Mister Goodbart." Uh, I imagine that title is a play on something uh but i don't know what it's a reference to um it doesn't say in the wikipedia either uh this came out in 2017 uh so a almost exactly 20 years after the one we just watched uh brief synopsis in this episode bart accompanies elderly women in exchange for gifts and befriends one woman who he realizes is suicidal meanwhile homer becomes addicted to the augmented reality game pokemon get uh which is a parody of pokemon go um it was uh interesting i one of the things that i thought was interesting, so i think this was the 600th episode no i'm sorry the 616th episode 
uh, of the series, um, according to Wikipedia. Um, was it like the I think like the thirty year anniversary? Because I think so. Yeah, because they did like a special little. It opened with the very first Tracy Ullman short where uh, Marge is singing the lullaby to Maggie and she hears, you know, when the bell breaks, baby will come down cradle and all. And like oh, Maggie's yes. creeped out by that. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to fall. Um, <coughs> and it opens with that. Um, so I think so. It must've been, I'm trying to see, it doesn't mention anything in the Wikipedia article. Uh, no, nothing there. I guess it was, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, anyway, uh, so they, yeah, I see it's weird because it said, I have 600th episode written down because like they did this whole like montage thing after that and I thought I saw 600th episode, but I guess they were just covering the whole history of the show. I don't know. I guess it's because that season the 600th episode happened. So I guess that's right. what, uh, what it was, but, um, yeah, it was, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting. They have like grandparents day at school. Um, and, uh, let's see, uh, Homer gets locked in the nuclear, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, core, uh, cause he sees, uh, Lenny playing, basically Pokemon the, the, go. The, yeah. And he goes this, there. I felt like this episode, uh, I don't know. It hurt me to kind of watch this episode. <laughs> it, I, I, I did not like it at all. The first time I watched it, um, you know, where you kind of, you know, you're paying attention, but yeah. every once in a while you may get a text. So you answer it. Right. Right. Uh, you know, like your little things. Um, uh, and I was doing all that and I was watching the episode and it got to the end and I felt like, I missed a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I had to watch it again. And I felt like I just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, there, there were a lot of parts. There were a few parts where like, I would get like a slight chuckle. Like when Lenny shows him his phone uh, to like explain Pikimon. Yeah. Pikimon get. Um, and it shows like he caught the, the Pikimon. Uh, and it says, congratulations, enslaved. And you know, <laughs> it shows him like little handcuffs. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, there were, um, there were a couple of little things in there. Like I did like that, um, this kind of got Lisa and Homer to kind of have some bonding moments. They were kind of, which kind of, you know, parallels a little bit with Bart star where Homer's trying to have this bonding with Bart. Um, whereas, uh, Lisa wants to bond with Homer basically cause Homer keeps getting hurt because he's not looking where he's going while he's playing the game. <laughs> and so Lisa who likes the game, uh, she offers to basically be Homer's chaperone to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Uh, so they're having fun, which is nice. I kind of like that. Uh, and role. that was cool and all cause it's, it's always cool to see moments where Lisa is not like on her proverbial high horse. Right, right. A little girl doing little girl things. Yeah. But at the end, I feel like the payoff to having Lisa in this mm -hmm. was just so she can feel bad when they cheat. Yes. And nothing really comes from after that. Just Marge saying, I know you spent the $600. Yeah. That's... And <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they didn't. That was like barely talked about. Yeah. So they say, if you haven't seen the episodes, so basically, uh, Homer finds out that you can spend money to get some of the, the, uh, P 
Pokemons, uh, yeah, the Pokemons, uh, you can you can pay to get them, basically in-app purchase and pay for them, as opposed to having to go and hunt and catch them. And uh, you know, Lisa's obviously against that because she's like, no, the fun is the hunt and trying to catch them and find them and exploring and walking around. And Homer just wants to round out his collection. Uh, yeah, and then that's mentioned, and then we go back to the A plot with Bart, and then at the end, like, yeah, they're in bed, and Marge is just like, I know you spent the $600, and that's it. That's <laughs> kind of doesn't really, it's... and I don't need things to be tied together with a neat little bow at the end, but like, just kind of like, where, what was the, what was the idea behind any of that? Like, I, did you even really need a, a secondary plot on this episode? Cause like the Bart plot was actually pretty interesting. I like the idea behind right. it. Like, you know, Bart, uh, so basically what happens is, uh, grandparents day, Bart gets in trouble. Uh, principal Skinner, uh, doesn't want to hang out with his mom, uh, uh, Agnes, and he has to punish Bart. So he figures kill two birds with one stone. I will make Bart hang out with my mom. She gets to, uh, you know, she gets taken care of and Bart's going to be punished. Turns out Bart and Agnes get along because she's kind of a jerk and Bart likes making fun of people. Uh, so they get along. And then, uh, let's see. And then, so then Bart basically starts, um, uh, as Homer references it, uh, basically a gigolo business uh, <laughs> where he's basically a grandson for hire. And he goes to like the old folks home and uh, nursing homes and like, you know, gets these uh, grandmas who either don't have grandchildren or the grandchildren will come and visit them. And so uh, they pay him not with cash, but they buy him gifts like a new bike and video games and stuff like that. And so he's got this little scam going where he, you know, hangs out with old ladies and they buy him goods. Uh, and then he hangs out with this one woman, um, who was, uh, Valerie Harper, I believe was, uh, who did her voice I think so. from, yeah, she was on, uh, Mary Tyler Moore uh oh she played rhoda that's right yep the show rhoda um i mean she was at least a wait was it was mama the one that he was walking around with the whole time i think so i could be wrong um anyway but uh so she's like into nature photography and um they won't let her leave by herself because they don't want her to get lost in the woods. But turns out she's actually pretty suicidal. She's, and she's old. She lives, you know, in this nursing home. Her family doesn't come and see her. So she's like that. Fuck it. What, what do I have? Uh, so she wants to kill herself. Um, and Bart eventually figures that out. Uh, even though she was, not subtly mentioning it. <laughs> very, 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 uh, I, I, I kind of like that bit where he's like, and the, uh, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't believe I, I couldn't remember that. Yeah, he's like, I, can't believe I missed this and this. <laughs> and it's like, she's just like, I think I'm going to end it or something like that. It's just like, just so out. you know, I'm planning to off myself. Yes, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, like, what? And I really like, and like, I kind of, because I really like when the Simpsons get into that dark stuff. I mean, like in the very early seasons, you know, they dealt with Homer's suicide. We talked about, um, you know, moaning Lisa. We talked, you know, so a lot of about her depression and handling that. And I really like 
when they handled that in the earlier episodes because they did it well and it was still funny but it was still like you know they took the topic seriously and i don't think they didn't take it seriously here i just think like if they had gotten rid of the pokemon go uh parody plot and focused more on this you know and you know the idea of getting old and you know getting to decide when your life ends or not but then also her seeing the beauty in nature again and wanting to live because she you know sees that there's beauty in the world still and things like that like i would have liked to have seen that expanded upon instead of it just being a real quick like da 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 and then you know having the pokemon go players find her in the woods or whatever like right i i feel like um there 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 are certain times where i was watching the episode and i think about well how would they write this joke uh in an older simpsons Mm. episode like um like one big part that i remember uh like when homer while while homer is playing his pokemon go game uh he's sprayed by a skunk so the next scene is uh marge like giving him a bath and tomato yeah um and you see and then like there's a cutaway and then a cutback and you see homer pouring vodka mm-hmm. and celery, stirring it with yeah. celery and then like marge is like don't make your don't uh make yourself into a giant cocktail mm-hmm. and then H- homer's reaction is oh marge you were... and he kind of mumbles under his breath yeah i feel like in an older episode um what would have happened was there would have been a cutaway cut back you would have seen homer pouring the uh, vodka in while drinking it with a straw and just for March to take it away and him be oh yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of more sad, pathetic than that like uh, underlying Aggressive. rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is that. I think that's one of the interesting things about like the way Homer the character changed over the years is like it did go from this like you know super loving, caring, devoted father and husband uh, who was just an idiot and a fuck up like you know he always meant well like i mean in the very first episode like uh you know he wants to do well for his family for christmas and you know things happen and then like he tries even harder and goes to game which it's not the best method to go to the dog track to try <laughs> to get money to get christmas gifts and da 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 but he his heart was in the right place he was going about it the wrong way but he at least truly cared about his family and wanted them to be happy on christmas and that now it's like kind of like he's doing now they've just turned him into that stereotypical like sitcom husband who's like oh my kids and wife suck you know and it's like that's not fun like we've seen that a billion times so if i can kind of um if i can you know kind of go back to um vaporwave a little bit yeah yeah um i think uh, a very interesting element of vaporwave is when you watch the music videos um it almost seems like uh the characters are kind of trapped in this weird ethereal area where they're there to deal with like some all the music videos are kind of made in such a way where the characters seem very sad Mm -hmm. and distant and that's why i think it's so interesting to think of vaporwave opposed to the newer episodes of the simpsons where they've changed they've changed so much not just like the way um the writing is or the characters act but also the way it looks the way episodes yes, flow yes and i and in the vapor if i can take out my um my internet philosophy degree <laughs> um 
And it's kind of weird to like the the music videos almost kind of represent the Simpsons kind of looking in on themselves. They're forever trapped in this void, never knowing like who they really are, what they really do. Um, and when you watch the new episodes, I kind of feel that heavy where it's just like, I don't know, this is not what I remember. And like, obviously everything needs to um, evolve and change. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I feel like it was, it's, I mean, it was, it's hard to kind of capture, you know, that lightning in a bottle with the writing crew they had. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, that was just, you know, in a lot of ways, dumb luck. Uh, and also just like how television <coughs> was at the time, uh, the way it worked and like, you know, who was just, who was available at that time. And like, it just kind of worked out that they've got, you know, those writers. And now most of those writers just don't write at all anymore, let alone write for the Simpsons. I mean, it's not like Conan O'Brien is going to come back and write an episode of the Simpsons every week. Cause like oh, no. he's got his own shit, you know, like, even if he didn't want to do anything again, he didn't, he doesn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. He it's... could just sit at home and never work another day in his life and probably be fine. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't know. There, there are a few. I feel like there are a few kind of good lines from the episode, um, like when Bart says, uh, "I love eighty-year-old women, twice my age, plus 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. that. Um, I like when everybody's like playing Pokemon Go in uh, in the Quickie Mart, and Flanders like catches this one, <laughs> and it's like an elephant with a bunch of arms, and he says to Apu, he's like, oh, this one looks like your god, and he's got the statue, and uh, and then uh, Apu, per- like, without missing a beat, he's like, oh, and this drunk over here looks like your god, and it's just this long, skinny, long-haired guy, <laughs> like, just really drunk, who looks like Jesus, and I love that, like... He doesn't just like get mad at Flanders. He's just like, "Oh, okay. Well, guess what? Fuck you too." You know, like <laughs> you're gonna talk shit about my religion. Well, your religion is stupid too. You know, like I love that he just immediately fires back. Uh, I love that. Uh, and one of the other good, it, it was a visual gag uh, or a sign gag. Um, the beauty parlor that uh, the old lady goes to is called Curl Up and Die. D Y E. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's so great like oh a barber uh, a beauty salon for very old women curl up and die I, I, like that's one of those things where it's like i don't care what season it is the signs are in like book titles and stuff are always funny on the Simpsons. like that i feel like that's the one consistent level of humor throughout the whole series is like those little, you know, whatever the sign says, whatever a book or a TV show title or a movie title, like all those made up titles and signs are like gold every single time. Uh, right. I don't know if it's because they're mostly just puns on real things. And I just love a good or a bad love pun. A good pun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a shitty one. I like a shitty yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all need puns in our life sometimes. <laughs> Wait, say that again. We all just need puns in our lives yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you just need something silly that you just laugh at and then like, you know, it's done. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to feel anything about it. You just it's a thing that exists and you laugh. And that's fine. I, I I think that's what the newer Simpsons do better. Like, um they have a like a lot of really silly bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just like little silly stuff. Um or even uh like a, a part that I thought <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was so funny, but like it was Homer in the room with uh Maggie. 
And he's like, don't worry, Maggie. There are no monsters in here. Actually, there are. There's one on your face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, they're everywhere. We, Here, take the phone so you can look at them. <laughs> yeah. and, and that And that felt like classic old Simpsons in a way. Because it was kind of reminded me of like in Cape Fear, like when Homer comes in with the chainsaw and the hockey mask when Bart's trying to sleep. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And it's actually almost a direct reference to the Tracy Ullman short that they played at the beginning where Maggie, you know, uh, Marge is singing Maggie to sleep mm, and okay. she gets frightened because of the nursery rhyme. And, uh, and then Homer kind of does the same thing. He's tucking her in in here. So I don't know if that's why they, you know, chose to combine them that way or what, but I really liked that it was almost kind of like a little nod to that Tracy Ullman short, even if it was unintentional, uh, I thought it was really, you know, kind of a nice little like, ah, now Homer's doing it. And it's that, it's that thing that they just do all of the time and just constantly, uh, you know, they mean well, but sometimes they don't do the best job of being parents <laughs> and they don't even right. realize it in this case. Like Homer has no idea that Maggie is scared shitless because she can see <laughs> that there's a monster in her crib. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really have much else in my notes. I mostly have just uh, I, plot written down on it there's there weren't too many like interesting or comical aspects i have uh oh do, do you understand the sybil shepherd bit okay so i know who she is there was a show like she had the sitcom sybil uh years ago i forget exactly you know it was on like cbs or whatever uh nbc one of those um and like I know her. I know who she is as an actress. I guess she's apparently very mean, <laughs> uh, like on set. I guess I think that's what the joke was supposed to be. That like, you know, it was like, oh, you look like Sybil Sheridan, and uh, and she was like, uh, I am. And he's like, no, you would be real mean. And then like she does whatever, uh, like stabs him with the scissors. That's what it was. Stabs him with the scissors. He's like, oh, it is Sybil. And so. I guess that's it. I guess she must be like notoriously difficult to work with or uh, let me see if they have anything mentioned here. Cause to me, that was one of those bits that just kind of came out of left field. Yeah. And I think it was very much a product of its time too. like, you know, although this was 2017, this was only three years ago, which that's weird. Like, if this had been in the first episode, like in the late 90s, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense because she was very famous around then. But it's right. weird that they made a civil reference in three years ago. <laughs> that's that's very weird. I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, they do that all the time. They'll make references to – I think uh, one of the um, – oh, the episode, the episode of this podcast uh, – that I did with Sean Dugas with uh, one of the treehouse. They like in the episode, they referenced something from like the thirties, you know, and it's like some really obscure thing, like play from the thirties or something like that, that like, you really have to know your shit to like know that reference. Um, so they do that a lot, but it, I don't know. It just seemed very strange. I don't know. Maybe was there something about like, did she, uh, she like, do something that year like or recently uh let's see let's see if there's like a controversy section in her wikipedia page <laughs> uh let's see personal life she's a political activist um 
for gay rights and abortion rights. Uh, all right. Personal life, pregnant. I don't see anything controversial about her and her Wikipedia, which, I mean, Wikipedia could be scrubbed. Uh, but, right. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm really, hmm, I'm curious. Uh, but I have no idea. I don't think I'll ever. I think it just must be one of those things you just have to, like, know, <laughs> I guess, and then you get it. Yeah. Because I only remember her from her show, Sybil, where she played her, basically herself. Which I guess, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in here. Let's see. Uh, oh, but, okay, wait, you mentioned uh, Simpsons and anime and manga earlier. Um, they did, uh, like, an anime musical montage at the oh, end in, like, the style in like I, I, because of the pokemon stuff they kind of did that um it seemed really forced and just it was super there it was. <laughs> I, I specifically wrote down lame anime musical montage i specifically wrote down lame uh when i was watching this last night or actually early this morning uh it was about like 2 30 in the morning when i watched it uh but uh my handwriting is awful like i already have bad handwriting but when i'm <laughs> writing after like several beers at 2 30 in the morning i'm like staring at this i'm like i don't even know what that's supposed to say is that uh, is that is that an s or a star right <laughs> uh yeah so that was weird i don't know it just didn't it was and it wasn't even I, like at the end like over the end credits really i don't know or i guess it was but still i don't know it just yeah, it, it really it really put a bad taste in my mouth yeah because i understand that so first off when i when i um read the little synopsis of the show mm. that it gives you in uh disney plus um when it said the new Pokemon Go theme game, yeah, or uh, like that turned me off. Like, right, just, just, just say the new, the new monster catching right uh, viral game, and then I will connect. Don't connect the strings for right. Me. And that's the thing. I felt like the whole Pokemon, like that whole idea, because I feel like when the Simpsons would reference things from the real world, it was a lot more subtle uh than this this was very much like we're gonna fucking parody pokemon go and that's gonna be like a whole subplot of this episode it just seemed it almost felt like a commercial for it at that point you know like it, even though it was called right. something different it just felt really out of place and it kind of takes you out of like the simpsons universe because it's making it too much like our world uh right and like and i think if i watch this when it originally aired, which would have been right at the height of Pokemon Go, uh, I I think it would have felt really fucking weird because that's not the way The Simpsons has always been. Like, if Family Guy or South Park, if South Park did it, like, I wouldn't feel as weird because South Park has always been extremely topical right. and, and would deal with stuff that happened that week uh, in the show. Whereas, you know, The Simpsons never really did that so directly. It would be a lot more subtle and they might reference it in passing, but to like devote basically half an episode to the current fad just felt really weird and like out of character for the show. Right. And then 
obviously because you're doing uh, a Pokemon Go parody, you you have to do the Pokemon theme song parody. Right. And like you said, it it, it just felt very forced. Mm-hmm. Like especially like when you get to the Maggie line, it was like we 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 gotta finish the bars. Yeah. So we'll we'll do something about Maggie. We'll give it back to the animators, and they'll do it real quick. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, and it seemed. I don't know. It was almost like they were like trying to like, oh, let's rope in a new audience, like a new younger audience who can start watching The Simpsons, like you know. Like yeah. us, no, uh, like we yes. did it, and they were just using that as like kind of a way to pull in. And it's like, no, because first of all, Generation Z doesn't fucking watch TV. They stream everything. They, you know, they watch little short things in YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. And you know, if they watch TV, it's binge watching a whole season uh, or a whole series on Netflix or whatever. Like they're not turning on the TV and putting Fox on their broadcast TV. Like, no, they're not doing that. And so like, it just seems like a waste of, at that point, you're just, you know, putting in this thing that like, isn't exciting. Cause I mean, definitely people our age were playing Pokemon go. I played it for, you know, right at the height of it. I played it, you know, pretty regularly. Um, I I played it for too long. (laughs) Yeah, I think Lane still plays it. Uh, and which I didn't even know the servers were still up. Like it's still, (laughs) it's crazy. And like, uh, so, you know, I don't know. I feel like, you're not going to pull in the people like you and me because like we're already watching or have already given up. And like, you know, I, the only time I watch new episodes is either for this podcast or I have been watching the newest seasons. I've been watching uh, season 31 and it's actually been pretty decent. Um, but like it usually happens over. I'll catch one. Cause it comes on like after a saints game or something like that. And uh, I'll be like, Oh, that was actually pretty decent. And then I'll go like pull up the app and like watch, you know, a, a, a few of the previous episodes. Um, right. <clears throat> usually like when I'm like cooking or cleaning up the living room or something like that, I'll, I'll throw on a newer episode, but like, I don't know. They're not bringing me in with advertising. In fact, every time I see a commercial for new episodes of the Simpsons, it almost makes me not want to watch it like even more. It's like, cause they're trying too hard. It's like, just show me the clips. Don't, you don't have to do this thing anymore. Like just show me a clip of the episode. That's funny. And explains the plot a little bit and I'll watch it. Like, right. But I don't know. It's that whole, Oh God, the Pokemon thing was just really weird. And like I said, they could have pulled it out and would have been and expanded on the suicidal grandma. And that would have been a far (laughs) more interesting and potentially heartwarming episode and thought provoking episode than like now we're paying. See, look, we're spending all of our time talking about how much we hate this aspect of the episode instead of focusing on the part that could have been really good. Like, right. That it it, it felt to me like, you, you know, the rapper logic. Yeah. Yeah. You remember when he did the um, the suicide prevention song, which was the um, which was like the the title of the song is the number to the suicide prevention hotline. Oh right, yes, yes, I do remember that. Case. Where where it's like, yeah, logic. I'm glad that you're touching the subject. Yeah. But when when you're like, I feel like I'm out of my mind. Who can relate? Woo! You know, like <laughs> you, you're like you're trying to do like this very entertaining thing. Yeah. And like touch on the serious subject, 
but you're too worried about making it entertaining right then you are about talking about yes, the subject tackling yes exactly which i think and that's oh. well, i was just gonna say i think that's what the simpsons used to do well is like we want to make it entertaining but like if the whole episode isn't hilarious we're fine with that we want to talk about lisa being depressed they weren't going for joke 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 they were like we're gonna have some jokes because that's just the way we write. Like we're going to find humor in this stuff, but they weren't like, Oh, it's been two minutes since we had a joke. We got to make a reference to something right now. Like, right. And, and they, they totally missed like an opportunity because I feel like, um, Bart is a good vehicle for like any, any episode where deep like learning of emotions Mm -hmm. like are prominent. Yeah, he's kind Bart of like a blank some, canvas, basically. He doesn't get all those emotions and stuff. Yeah, so like to like in this episode, instead of having uh, instead of having Bart kind of figuring it out in one moment, it could have been that whole going to Lisa, like, can you believe this lady's getting me to bring her to to the forest for a hundred bucks? Yeah, and then like Lisa, like, oh well, maybe wait, and then Bart like kind of looking into it and figuring it out throughout the course of the episode instead of like this snap moment where Bart's just like, I feel bad. Yeah. 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 Doesn't have that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, as much weight and gravity to it, I guess, as the situation would probably call for. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Cause I was a little excited. Like when I was picking up that, like she was, you know, depressed and thinking about killing herself. I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Simpsons tackling this in season 28. This is pretty cool. They've done some episodes about suicide and depression before that were really good. So I'm curious to see how they'll, you know, put a modern <coughs> twist on that. And it was really kind of a, a, a bummer, a letdown, like, and not like in a, Oh wow. It's depressing talking about depression. It was like, no, it just, you didn't actually, you didn't really get into any of yeah. the, like why, like they kind of glossed over why, like you just kind of had to infer why she wanted to die. And it's like, yeah, you're old. And you know, you felt like you've done everything, um, which is a really interesting angle because like, you right. know, I'm in my mid thirties. Like I'm not at that point of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I finished. I'm like, I have so much shit I need to do. Um, and so like, you know, I'm not an older person, so I don't have, those thoughts and like and i'm kind of, but i am a person who's afraid of getting old and so like right uh, mm-hmm. and aging and, and that so like i feel like i probably will have those feelings when i'm in my eight seventies 70s and 80s hopefully i make it fucking there all the garbage in my body or new orleans is going to fall into oh, the sea before then yeah it's going to be between just the garbage I put in my body, the ocean swallowing our city and, uh, and the rampant virus. Uh, <laughs> there's just so many reasons, but I don't know. Uh, for, uh, I feel like I would eventually it's, it's, relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, for me, it's watching out for cops. Yeah. Well, Jesus, yeah. And that's even more what's going on now too. That's yeah. I, yeah, I'm actually we're gonna go to protest happening over at City Hall uh, around five o'clock. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm like doubly nervous about it just because I'm like, oh, fuck, gonna I'd like be around a lot of people during a virus situation. But like, you know, do what you can, I guess. 
Oh yeah, dude. Desperate times. Yeah. Might as well, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. If I don't know, this will probably come out in like uh, three, four weeks. Uh, so to put context on things, uh, this is right in the midst of all the uh protests and whatnot uh over the uh murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, uh, and all those uh, protests happening all around the country. Uh, so context of when that's happening. Uh, yeah, it's very. <laughs> Very somber <laughs> and very, 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 uh, if, if, uh, like, I feel bad for bringing it down so no, no, I can no. bring it back up. Um, I, I like I've talking also about actual real <laughs> shit on here. This is good. But I've also prepared something for this podcast. Um, something that's very on brand for me. Okay. Uh, I, I would like to play a little song. Yes, absolutely. Hell yeah, dude. All right. You ready? Catching that? Yes, I can hear. All right, dope. <clears throat> and the one, and the two, and the three. Baby on board, how I've adored that sign on my car's window pane. A bounce in my step. Loaded with pep, cause I'm driving in the carpool lane. Call me a square, friend, I don't care. That little yellow sign can't be ignored. I'm telling you, it's mighty nice. Each trip's a trip to paradise with my baby on board. Hell yeah, dude. That was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that song. Oh, man. The, the Simpsons music has always been um, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I think it's like really cool anytime like like they have like a little burst out musical number. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's your favorite Simpsons little music song? Oh, that's a good question. Because um, I had the Songs of the Key of Springfield uh, CD. And my sister had the oh. Simpsons sing the blues on cassette. I had from that way one back too. In the day. We had that CD yeah. back in the day. <laughs> so I have other, I'm trying to think, man. Uh, I mean, obviously there were the songs that they produce like not four episodes like do the bartman and stuff like that like that right. was like a bit like they did like a music video that they aired at like in prime time to like you know it's like and that's like what tv did back then like they were like we're gonna have like this special event uh and we're gonna have this song and um <laughs> but like i don't know i always liked um that's a good one i also um let's see oh the um <laughs> it always pops in my head the uh Planet of the Apes, uh, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, uh, <laughs> that pops in my head all of the time, and I don't know why it does. <laughs> I always have the chimpanzee from Chimpanzee, that line always gets me. Uh, <laughs> plus, I mean, Phil Hartman, you can't, you know, right? One of the one of the best voice actors, uh, especially on The Simpsons, but just like maybe ever. Uh, that's it, really sucks that like they couldn't use him you know, more, uh, on account of him being murdered. Uh, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> God, it's so great. I don't, I always for, kind of forget, like, I always am like, oh, yeah, Phil Hartman died, but, like, I forget that, like, his wife murdered him. <laughs> like, it's right. crazy. I've, I've tried to, like, read more into it, and there's just, like, it's a lot of weird stuff with that, and, like, Andy Dick is involved in some way, like, was, like, the, like got the phone calls. I don't know. It's, it gets really weird <laughs> and conspiratorial, too. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, it's. Very, I, need, I need to look at. I need dude, to look into that. You now. need to. There was um an article written about it, uh, maybe like eight years ago or something like that, and like it's um it was like unreleased like dialogue from nine one one calls and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it gets pretty weird. I don't know. It's it's very strange. I can't remember all the details. Otherwise, I would go deeper into it now other than just keep saying that it's strange. But that's all I can remember. <laughs> I got to try to find <laughs> it and look it up. But yeah. Um, do we have anything else to add uh, to either of these episodes? Um, no. Um, yeah. uh, Bart Starr, definitely, definitely top 10 episode yeah. in my book. Um, I'm glad you chose that one because, like, I kind of forgot about it. Like, it, I went, as soon as I started watching, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know this episode," and like, and I remembered everything about it. But like, it's not one that like pops out in my brain on a regular basis. Right. It's like um, uh, me and my little brother. Uh, I have two. I have two. I have older brother, little brother. When we were growing up, like, we always watched The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. uh, we've actually had like, like probably upon twenty tens of uh, videos, uh, videos. Uh, video cassettes that we've taped episodes of the Simpsons on where like you just kind of put it on and then like you'll see an episode and you'll just be like oh man like this this and this happens yeah yeah and while there are episodes that are you know very prominent in your mind like Simpsons uh go to Japan right yeah. uh, a the streetcar monorail. yes the yeah. monorail yeah there are there are a bunch of like hidden gems that are really good like uh the chili cook-off oh my god that one is that's one of my um, all-time favorites too I love that one that's so a really good one uh, I almost picked that one. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope somebody does soon. I mean, just I mean Johnny Cash as the space coyote. As a coyote. Like, that's so amazing. <laughs> they, which, that's a thing I didn't know until years later, until like adulthood. That that's who did the voice because you know when when that aired, I was a kid. Like I didn't know who Johnny Cash was. Like you know, I was I don't know I don't know what year that episode aired, but I can't imagine I was more than like. Eight, nine, ten, something like that when it came out. So right. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I just knew the Simpsons were funny. Um, oh. We got anything you want to plug? Any websites? Your Twitter, um, Instagram, SoundCloud. Um, I have a I have a Bandcamp band uh, where I have songs uh, available for download. Um, my Bandcamp is Thomas Jones one word uh, dot Bandcamp dot com. Um, you can follow my Instagram at, at ukulele brother um, and stay posted. Uh, I'm working on an album right now. It should be dropping. And uh, if I, if I play my cards, right, fingers <laughs> crossed in about three to four months. Nice. Well, that'd be good. Might be a nice uh, post isolation. Listen, hopefully maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> if definitely. everything else goes right. <laughs> Have a big old party. Yeah, everybody man. hang out. Dude, that'd be have great. Have a beer. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh man, I miss I miss things like that. That's <laughs> just being around more than just one or two other people and having a drink. That's 
We last night was um, one of Mary Devon's uh, friends' birthdays, and they live in Chicago. And so, like, there was a bunch of us on Zoom and like just drinking, talking, and then playing uh, like some trivia games, you know, via Zoom and stuff like that. I was like, "This is fun. This is the first oh, like, nice. time like hanging out with people." that like I've done really in months. And so it was like, really, it was the first like kind of semblance of normalty, normalcy, even though it was like, you know, remotely and with people I don't really know that well, since they're like friends of a friend kind of thing. Right. Uh, my little brother kind of did that for his birthday. Um, we were all on discord um, and just playing Jackbox games. Yeah. That's what we were and doing. Yeah. It, uh, great time. Yeah. And it really is where you're used to kind of like just being out and being able to hang out with everybody. It was a very heartfelt moment of like everybody or at least like it feeling like everybody was in one spot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just, and it kind of makes you forget that the world is slowly falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And like doing an activity together versus just like, you know, like a regular party, like we used to have, uh, you know, where there's, everybody's just milling about and like, you know, uh, mingling, which is, you know, fun in that, but like, it was kind of cool. Like, Hey, we're not all just like staring at our phones and like refreshing our social media. Like we're, we're playing an act, we're doing an activity together. We're all, you know, we're being creative and writing responses and laughing right. and, and like, you know, <laughs> being all hanging out together and getting along and stuff like that instead of just like, yeah, we're in the same room, but like we're not really hanging out kind of thing. Right. Yeah, it was. It was nice, which I was I was a little worried about, like doing the podcast like this, because uh, I had only done it one other time. Everybody else had been like in my house with me. Right. And so I was worried, like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. And like, you know, kind of like we were talking about with comedy, like getting that immediate response and things like that. But I'm like, but I have that. Like, I mean, it's not the same as having somebody in the same room as you, but like I can see you. I can see your reactions. I can, you know, <laughs> uh, I can hear you. So it's like it. It, it, for one-on-one -on -one yeah, conversations works. it you know it works it, it's not ideal but it works and now it's making me realize i can interview people who don't live in new orleans even though that's the thing i could have been doing all this time but now i'm like oh, <laughs> i could ask the, this comedian who lives in you know new york uh to do the podcast i'm like i could have always done that but now i'm like oh well now it's no different than interviewing like you even though you live right. here like we're going through the exact same setup so <laughs> Well, I will make sure I link to all of your stuff in the uh, in the show description. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for doing the song too. That thank was you. Yeah. fantastic. That's definitely a blurst of times first. Uh, a blurst well, first. Thank you for having me. We'll a a blurst first. We'll have a little uh, little graphic and a little blurst first type of thing there. Uh, <laughs> that was really fun, and I'm gonna. Definitely watch the Mr. Burns play and hopefully, yeah, we could do an episode of the podcast. I'll have you back on and we can like oh, discuss man. the play. Yeah. That would be super that would be fun, really I good. think. Yeah, that would be and, really and good. And I, I think uh, it's, it's, uh, you'll love it, dude. It's, I'm sure. I, I, I especially liked it. So nice. Uh, and that would be a nice little podcast. So, yeah. all you out there listening, make sure you follow up. So, so when I come back, you know, we'll all, it'll be all of us here together, yes. together again, remembering. It'll be fun. I'm excited to do, do something a little different, a little break from the, the normal, uh, the normal production of this, but, uh, dude, yeah, again, thanks so much for being on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Dude. Time. Hell yeah. I will certainly have you back. Uh, and man, enjoy the rest of your weekend. 
All right. Uh, Jeffrey, play yes. that hot outro music. Hell yeah. I, um, I always I put it in in post. Uh, so <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll just pretend it. like I'm pretend listening, to, you're it right listening now, to it right now. And we're just fucking <laughs> rocking out. It'll look great when I uh, put put it in in post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I haven't figured out how to do all of that live, so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Sorry, Mr. Bird, but I don't go in.